Hi, this is Tom with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're listening to The Drop, our weekly podcast about all things running. And uh, this week, we got some cool stuff to share, eh, Robbie? We always have cool stuff to share. I know, it's like we are a cool factory. Like, it's like, you know when you're playing Super Mario and all the coins get sucked to them automatically and you don't have to run after the coins? Yeah. I feel like that's us. Mm, I like coins. Yeah, and cool stuff. Doge coins. It's all the cool stuff just flowing right to us. Is that, is that true, Megan? Uh, No, <laughs> that's not true. Okay. Well, maybe I get a coin here and there. Yeah. Speaking of coins. Um, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, Dogecoin, they've all been on roll roll downward, roll upward. They're always moving. No, they're yeah. go- they've been going down. Yeah. yeah. They've been going up. But it's kind of like us. Wait, <laughs> no, but the reverse. <laughs> In this podcast. Yeah. It's already going down. It's going. See, I told you we should have gotten that coin sucking machine. Mm. Anyways. So, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff this week. I'm stoked to have our guest, Brendan Leonard. More on that in a little bit. Is he related to Leonard Skinner? Mm, no. Nor is any totally different spelling. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because I really like Freebird. He, he, are you the guy that... If there's a concert, Freebird, Freebird, you're that one. (laughs) Uh, Of course he is. No matter if Freebird's playing, you know, by the time you get back, your food will be there. Because that is true. It's like an hour song. Yeah. Are you waiting? Are you at concerts where they serve food a lot? I am. Nowadays, I go to a lot of early afternoon concerts (laughs) where there's a service for the elderly. The matinee. Yeah. The matinee concert. (laughs) And it's mostly bands like Leonard Skinner covers Mm. and stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a ZZ clever, Top. Clever name. They're not actually a cover band. They are actual bands. ZZ Top. Oh, you're thinking of cover band names? Yeah, for Leonard Skinner. Like, uh, <laughs> what's the one? Oh, gosh, I'm blanking right now. There's some good. Oh, get the lead out. That's a Led Zeppelin yeah. cover band. Yeah, that's good. Stink Floyd. That's not one. That's I not just one. made that up. <laughs> they played bad covers of Pink yeah. Floyd songs. Anyways, all right, let's get on to some of our recap of running for the week for those who care to listen. <laughs> I always wonder, like, I know our friends actually like to listen to it. I don't even think they like to listen I, to it. I've taken informal polls. Okay. <laughs> and they're actually cool with it. But I want people to kind of know who we are, what we're going through. I think I, it, I I think think it so. matters. I mean, I had fun. This week we did a fun running thing. What was did you? Yeah. Oh. Well, we were in Charleston, South Carolina for the weekend for my brother and sister-in-law's baby shower. And while we were there, we ran over the Ravenel Bridge. Oh. I've seen that bridge before when I was there. It's cool. It's like the bridge in Charleston. How? What's the distance of it? It's about two and a half total. Okay. It's from base well, to no, base. So t- total is five something because... Well, yeah, if you run oh, it's two and a half over. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. One way it's two yeah. and a half. Back is another two and a half. That's the only elevation you're getting in Charleston. Pretty much. Yeah. But it, it's fun because there's two sides of the bridge. So the one side goes up a little steeper. That's the one we started on. So it's a more intense climb, shorter period. Mm-hmm. Then you run down and it was, it was the first time I've opened up my legs since after the marathon where I was like, I was running down. I was like, Ooh, this feels good. I just kind of let my legs like sounds dirty. open up. Yeah. It was, um, and they, and I enjoyed the downhill and it was a long, it's a long, like a mile and a half of downhill. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah. And then you turn around and you run up that, which isn't as severe down as a thing, but you know, you're getting that fast steep for the finish. Mm. So you kind of like, maybe you push a little harder going up 
They should do a marathon on that bridge out and back like 10 times or I guess five times. Well, that's the famous 10K is oh, over the 10K? bridge. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's like bridge. the An- Annapolis uh, Cross the Bay 10K. It's, yeah, it's called the Bridge Run in Charleston. And cool. it's like it, 40,000 people. Oh, wow. And yeah. if it wasn't so close to something else, what are we doing like a week later going to wine glass or something? Yeah, it's, it's so normally it's in the spring, but because of COVID this year, it's in the fall. So it's in September. I think the last weekend of September this year. Yeah. I mean, in Charleston, there's two runs I'd probably recommend. One would be doing the Ravenel Bridge, which was great. And then I love running along the battery, uh, along the seawall. Yeah. I've done that. Stuff like that. Yeah. Last year, I did that. And there's a fountain there mm-hmm. that I definitely jumped in, unsurprisingly. I think people were a little weirded out. I don't know. Like kids you, you and then usually, me. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you see kids in there. Maybe that's what weirded them out, especially now that it's just the mustache. <laughs> yeah. I got to stay away from all things. Yeah. Stay away from kids. All things children. Hey, so, uh, Robbie, we just got the video. Oh, I didn't, I guess we didn't talk about it running. My running was kind of blase. I'm kind of just doing whatever, whatever I want right now. What about you, Meg? You get you ready for this uh, race this weekend? You know, well, we, you know, we did some drinking over the weekend because we were at a baby shower with a bunch of old college friends. It was pretty much a frat party. Yeah. yeah. And then. I saw you playing some cornhole and beer pong, really bringing it back. Was. My sister came into town as soon as we got back. So the drinking continued. Right. Um, and. This is hilarious because I've switched roles with you guys. Yeah. Unknowingly. I woke up at like 4, 5 a.m. today to go running. I've successfully put together three early morning runs Look in a row you. for the first time in about two years. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. And then here you are hanging out. I still got up really did you, early. Did you? Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, probably not the best week of nutrition and hydration before a, a race. So we'll just mm. roll the dice on Saturday. Lots but, of stretching, lots of posts run. Uh, stretching and stuff. <laughs> stretching of the old Not gullet. really. Yeah. Um, so, Robbie, you're also going to potentially run the race this weekend, right? Oh, uh, the Baltimore 10 miler? Yeah. I think I can swing it. Basically, have to wake my kids up, transfer them over to Thomas's house, who will then babysit my kids. Yeah. I'll watch them. We, we have Disney Channel. We got HBO Max. They could watch it. You know, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> are you are you regretting this decision? We've got, now? We got it's questionable. We got Legos. The other boys, my boys, will be here to entertain them. So okay, they'll, yeah, they'll have fun. I so, mean, what you're gonna finish in like 20 minutes? Yeah, it's 20 minutes. The first mile. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna run with Jarrett. So he's running it. We'll run together. Our plan is to go out at eats, pretty chill, and then uh, turn it up the last few. It's hilly. Yeah, I mean. I to be honest, I haven't run ten miles in quite some time, a couple months. So, been running like five miles a day. Did an eight mile run this past weekend, so ten mile race will be. You're ready. Keep it chill for the first five or so, and turn it up, see what happens. And how's the uh, the chronic leg? Actually, pretty well. It turns out if you do your physical therapy, like like, <laughs> like you're supposed to, like you're supposed to, it starts to feel it better. <laughs> um. I like how everybody, we get a lot of questions on people who have injuries that are clearly weaknesses in the body. Mm-hmm. They're like, what shoe should I get? And I'm like, you know, you're going <laughs> to Everyone need, wants the Band-Aid. No, no, you're going to need some crunch, crunches and some ankle strengthening exercises. Yeah. And also when you start to feel better, keep doing your exercises. Don't. That's the toughest part. That is hard. It is. That's the hardest part for me because I always flip flop, but it turns out I'm feeling pretty good. 
That's great. I'm trying to figure out what shoe I should wear. Definitely not the one we just put the video out for, the Triumph. Yeah, Triumph 19. That's, that's not going to be a race day shoe, is it? No, that's the Comfort Cruiser. I just assumed you were going to go with the Speed or the Pro. Uh, the Oh, the Saucony? The Saucony Endorphin, yeah. Yeah, it might be Speed. I was thinking Magic Asics, Racer, Magic, or is that what no, it is? no, 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 Metaspeed Sky. 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 I was thinking That's that. It's a good one. It's a good one. You did a nice mile in that. I did. Yeah, the toe box is a little cramped for me, so that's weird. But I think I'll still try it. I have to send that one down. It's a little small. Like my feet, are, toes are smashing up against the front of that. Mm. Ratio is supposed to be snug. Yeah. Plus, true. you're going to be going up and down hills. You don't want a lot of space sliding your foot around. What's Jarrett racing in? Um, the probably a donut truck. I think he's done with the RC Elite because he because I think that gave him some like instability issues. He loves sure. he loves the speed. Yeah, it might be the speed. Anyways, yeah, we reviewed the Saucony Triumph 19 this past week, and not much has changed from that shoe. If you like the shoe before, actually, you're gonna love the shoe a lot. So it, I think it it lost an ounce. Of I believe the standard size. So nine is is an ounce lighter than. Yeah, I, I could tell it's lighter. I mean, I didn't have last it's so years, weird. I think I had the year before. It's got the same midsole, same outsole, and how they lost an ounce off of the upper is insane. Like, and then the upper was super plush before. Yeah, but like, what were they thinking? I guess. It does seem like a lot. Yeah, I saw this video recently, or maybe it was like a post somewhere. Oh, it was on Running Shoot Geeks. They someone had the sample. Like the layered, you know, of mm -hmm. uh, Brooks shoe. Mm -hmm. Dude, the outsole weighs like two ounces. Yeah. You know? well, on like, depending. On like a glycerin or yeah. something like that. It's ridiculous. It's pretty wild to think about. Yeah. It, I mean, that's when you know that you're not doing it right. Like you got to get that weight down. I know people love the rubber and you go into the store and they're like, oh, this shoe will last me a long time. Look at all this rubber. Yeah. And people hate seeing scuff marks on their exposed foam. <laughs> right. Even though it's like, well, okay. But then you look at someone like Puma, who they have a six ounce shoe with like almost full rubber. And it's probably our favorite rubber out there. The the Puma grip. <laughs> that Puma and Trojans. Grip. <laughs> <laughs> God. I, I, no comment. That's <laughs> Thomas's comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now we know. In case anyone was wondering. It's the only one I could think of. <laughs> I'm they sure should do a partnership. Ones. They yeah. should do a partnership with like a, a shoe company. Brooks yeah. wants to be real edgy. Yeah. Like, be like uh, run safe. <laughs> Instead of run happy. Oh, you will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be that would be a good good pitch there. Yeah. And <laughs> instead of glide. <laughs> Stop it. This is going to keep going. Yeah. This is too much. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that pretty much wraps up the triumph. If you want to check it out, go to YouTube and you can see Robbie and I stand in front of a camera and talk about it. All right, so first check-in. How's your running going? How's your breathing? Okay, now we've, we've talked about this in the past. Just relax, shake out those hands, dial back that effort to a place you're warming up, just having some fun. Maybe you're acclimating to heat right now since we're getting into the hotter temps. Just relax and enjoy. I'll check in in a little bit. Real quick, let's touch on a little bit of running news uh, right here that I just clicked out of when I was... Fast kids at Ridgemont High? Something like that. The This past weekend, we had the Olympic trial, or I'm sorry, not the Olympic trials, but a qualifier, qualifying race 
Where was that race? Do you know? Where? It was in the PDX. Oh, yeah, the Portland Track Festival. So that's at, um, what's it at? Oh, it was at Lewis and Clark College in Oregon. And this dude, high schooler, Hobbs Kessler, who, you know, if you're like super into track, you know about already. But he finished the men's 1500 in three minutes and 34 seconds. You know, a little bit of change there, which was fifth in the race behind. And this race is like all professionals, by the way. Fifth in the race and broke a 20 year old high school record. And he beat the NCAA record at the same time. So all those other dudes also just crushed well they but did pro- but they're, but they're pros. professionals this That's is a high school thing. kid yeah so like uh what's his name craig angles mullet full-on mullet finished first and like he's nike you know so yeah. he, he was kind of expected plus that hair plus yeah the hair and the mustache are but you gonna grow a mullet now am i going to yeah i thought about it but Seems like a lot of work. I don't know, man. You might as well commit. Yeah, I never was allowed to when I was a kid, so maybe it can make up for it. <laughs> They're gonna love. Maybe the I just visit. need to get a rat tail. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, it's pretty amazing to see that record broken by like four seconds. I mean, that's so much time. And in- just seems like records are being broken these year. These like twenty twenty, even though not a lot of races happened. Everyone running is real fast. And and we could talk about like it was the shoes was always a thing in the past. People were like for the longer distance. They're like, well, is it the vapor fly effect and all that stuff? But now this is on the track. Dude, you're not getting four seconds on the track just yeah. from. No, maybe if you had roller that's, skates. There's on some talent there. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is I'm saying it's debunking. I know that 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 theory. So what's making is it we have better nutrition, we have better understanding, people are doing cross training, working out, just taking I think it's the, all of it. Yeah, that's what I'm, I, yeah. I'm wondering if it's just, it's finally being treated as not just running, it's being treated as like a sport, like any other sport where you're doing the cross training for it and doing, you know, yeah, their access. And maybe, maybe the shoes play a little bit into it if he's using a shoe that has more cushioning when he's not on the track that's creating a better recovery. Well, and the whole pandemic thing, I think lent itself to records being broken because people maybe aren't racing as much. They're focusing, they're like hyper-focused on the goal for 2021 that they were going to have. And I think you've seen that a lot where records are being broken. I don't know, maybe because of the pandemic, maybe because maybe not. Other news besides this kid being wicked fast. Did you see that Tokyo is saying that we're having the Olympics? Oh, like for, for he's, sure. He's like, go, like they, I think the way that they announced it on the Today Show was the golden ticket that he has said. Oh, Willy Wonka's yeah, hosting it? They're saying <laughs> it's going to ha- happen uh, for sure. And they may not have spectators depending on... Uh, Loompas. I'm going to make a lot yeah, of references. Co- COVID stuff. Seeing how COVID's going. But yeah. So, so, but, and what, any news on the whole Alephine, like allowing to bring a kid, like her kid, is that have been updated? I I don't think that's, I haven't heard any news. No, she's probably, they're probably like, Hey, one rule to rule them all. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're like super crazy over there about COVID still because they were like hitting their second wave or whatever, like this month. They haven't gotten their vaccines, have they? 
uh, the, no, not like we have. So like, I, I think they're just starting to like get more, uh, like a mass amount of them. By the way, I should say last week mentioned the podcast that I was like feeling eh since I got my vaccine with running. I think that was just made up in my head. Obviously, that's funny because <laughs> in our fuel for this old podcast with uh, Megan Featherston, mm-hmm. we talk about it quite extensively, and I actually think. You think it had for you? You felt like crap. I feel that. Oh, my second shot wiped me out. Oh yeah, I know. And I it know really that. attacked. Wait, I didn't. Even, we didn't even talk about that because you left for Charleston the next yeah, day. Yeah, it really attacked my muscles more than like I didn't have a fever. Meg had a fever. Mm-hmm. My muscles, like my back, was like wrecked. My legs, my arms, everything just wrecked. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, you know, I. Is it possible the first shot somehow did a little bit of uh, damage? Oh, and then like you, your immune system was like... Yeah, and then I raced, didn't have the best day. Legs and muscles good, were shot. That's a good question, because you got your first shot before the race, right? Yeah, yeah hmm. like a week or two before. That'd be, an in- that'd be interesting. And I remember just feeling like crap when we were out in Colorado. Yeah, you should definitely blame it on... That's blame your poor do, race yeah. performance on the vaccine. You know what, though? I, it, you know... It, I would say that, but here's the thing, like, I've been trying to understand why, like, my legs just wouldn't go. Like, I, like, even from the start, like, I, you know, Chris knows, like, I was three miles in, it's like, my legs felt like lead. Mm -hmm. And the second shot, when I got the second shot, that's really, like, my entire muscle system felt like that. And I, you know, I don't. That's pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah, it could affect, like, different people in different ways. Who knows? So yeah, it, which would be one very disappointing if it's true, but, but also, also that means that, that yeah you'll do well in the fall. That, yeah, that means that hey maybe maybe I can. By the way, you see how they're giving out like gift cards and stuff. If you why get your what, vaccine retroactively? Why Seriously, don't they give that to people? That's sen- the most ridiculous thing. Also, you know someone's doing this by the way, trying to hustle it and be like, I wonder how many vaccines I can get to oh, get gross. gift cards. End up dying. You think that would? <laughs> you think you could do that? Double down on it. Take Easily. your whole family. With all those mass vac sites, you could just do a tour. I feel like this is something I would have done 10 years ago in life <laughs> slash now. Well, I think it, <laughs> you you probably get, you'd probably end up killing you though. Like what you'd have doing? so much vaccine in you. Dude, you'd be a 5G hotspot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there on the plane, everyone's connecting to you. Yeah, I do think it's ridiculous that they're rewarding people who were dragging their feet. Yeah, I mean, like you should have done this from the beginning. Well, the lottery, you know, they have, they have they have the lottery in Maryland. You can win the forty grand. Um, that retroactively applies. Oh, it does? Yeah, it's anyone who got it. When do we find out if I won? They announce it like once a week. Also, I I um I get the people waiting. You want to see what happens to everyone else first? I get them waiting. But I just don't like that, that they get we're, rewarded. That were rewarded. For they got waiting. to make sure that everything was legit, and they get rewarded. So next, next time the, I'm going to be, winning. I'm going to be the last holdout <laughs> on the vaccine. I mean, next time, see what kind of rewards yeah, they cough yeah. up. I was late getting it, but that's just because I don't fit any of the criteria that needed it any earlier. Yeah, you were uh, like I wasn't like Jarrett and Allie who sham their way into. <laughs> getting uh vaccinated you were women and children first kind of guy yeah. you, were, you weren't george costanza <laughs> yeah, I really, pushing you know the kids what? out so of the funny. way <laughs> jared is george costanza jared is george costanza that's hilarious um anyways 
All Give right. me that vaccine. <laughs> That's the clown and the kids are all in the party burning down. All right. Let's see. That's pretty much it for that. Um, so tell us, Robbie, you're, you're interviewing. Uh, I'm, I guess I will be there as well. We're interviewing uh, Mr. Leonard. Mr. Brendan Leonard. And, uh, you know, what was interesting? Why, why originally did you reach out? Well, to I mean, I've always been. So on Instagram, his handle is semi-rad with an underscore between the two words, S-E-M-I underscore rad. And I followed him for a long time. And when I was first getting into ultra running, which we'll talk about, he has a thing he did with REI on YouTube. That's like how to run a hundred miles. It was like a cool little documentary. It's like 10 minutes long or 20 minutes long. And so long it takes to run a hundred miles. Yeah. That's the full encapsulation. I'm surprised more people don't run hundred miles. I don't know why, but anyways, so I always found him to be like cool dude, inspiring, like does a lot of things outdoorsy so from running to hiking and kayaking whatever he sounds almost fully rad yeah i maybe he'll change his name after this yeah anyways <laughs> we should ask him anyways yeah we're excited to talk to him so uh stick around all right so we're talking to brendan leonard uh, I don't know. What do you call someone who owns an Instagram handle? Not an author. Uh, that's influ- not influencer. No, he's not an influencer. I know. That's what I'm trying to figure out what to say. Personality. Personality guy. I don't know. <laughs> what What would you call yourself? A dude? Uh, yeah. No. Um. I mean, I am an author. I've written. I would say author. My running book. My running book just came out in March. So that's like. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning into that now. But yeah, I just kind of. Self-employed, creative, I guess, or something. Author yeah. does sound better than uh, Instagram yeah. handle. I mean, I would say a lot of people know you from your Instagram, which is semi-rad. That's S-E-M-I underscore rad. And But yeah. you you are a writer. You've Like you said, you've written your own book. And what's the name of the book so people can check it out? Uh, it's called I Hate Running and You Can Too. Exactly. Uh, that sounds like- I think we can all agree with. And I, I, yeah, I was going to say that's going to be on Robbie's bookshelf for yeah. sure. And, uh, and we also, and you also write for outside magazine and a bunch of other, other publications as well. Um, yeah. I mean, like I, I've been writing longer than anything, so, and I'm not really that good at drawing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Instagram is the biggest and it's also sort of the most annoying because it's like the algorithm makes you have to try to put up something every day and do a bunch of things to suck you in. I think it's like really not good for art in general. Not a healthy um, relationship. So I'm kind of, no, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not doing this every day. I'm just going to, people are like, you need to grow. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. You know, like I'll just kind of keep slowly getting people or whatever. But yeah, it's really, uh, I have a very broad relationship with it or a very, very complicated relationship with it. But yeah, it is the biggest platform I have. And I'm like, it's, it kind of makes me mad. It's the biggest platform I have, but what do you do? You know? Yeah. So, so speaking of the Instagram and the illustrations and keeping up with the content, maybe you can explain a little bit about what you do, at least in the Instagram space. Cause it is a little bit different than, you know, just your, your past as a writer. Yeah. Um, I guess it was probably like 2013 or so. I, I've been doing my blog uh, a weekly since 
February 2011, so 10 years now. Uh, and, and one time I just drew this flow chart about um, pooping in, in the woods, like pooping in the outdoors. And like, uh, it was just this comical thing. I drew it on like a piece of typing paper and took a photo of it and put it on put it on my blog and it instantly became the most the most viral thing I'd ever done. Um, in to the point where like I wouldn't get credited for it. It would just get stolen and posted all over the internet, which is fine, you know. Um, so I did that for several years, like would occasionally do some sort of chart or something on a napkin or whatever. Uh, and I finally just bought an iPad in late 2016 to be able to make things um, look better. And um, I use this one app. I use one brush in the app. If I lose <laughs> the settings for the brush, I'm screwed. I have to remake it again. I'm not a real artist, um, but I do. I just kind of try to do visual jokes, I guess, or observations. Um, if you've ever seen like XKCD, that website, that's uh, something that was very inspiring early on to me. Um, the, there's a lot of graphic. XKCD is way smarter than the stuff I do. I'm like more just like trying to find the funny things we have about like eating over the sink when we're by ourselves, eating dinner over the sink <laughs> by ourselves, or like how long it takes us to get out the door to go for a run, even after we've gotten dressed. Um, you know, I did a calendar of perfect running days per year and it's like there's color codes for every day that's too rainy, too windy, you know, too cold. And basically the joke is there's four perfect days all, all year. Yeah. Um, but it's this visual thing that people are like, um, it's been fun because it's like a way people can engage with it in like five seconds, you know, and then tag a friend or send it to a friend. So in a way they become these sort of digital greeting cards between people, um, which is the best you keep people connected i'm gonna yeah. say i'm gonna have to dispute you a little bit as someone who went to art school and spent much of my early career in graphic design and illustration and that kind of stuff to not say you're an artist is a little bit you should never say that i mean i'm gonna tell you okay that i know plenty of educated people that call themselves artists who went to art school <laughs> who never actually communicate visually in a succinct way with their viewer that gets them in an emotional reaction. Your, your pieces may be simplistic, but you, what you said is like converting that uh, or getting that information to the audience quickly. So they digest, especially in this time frame of scrolling through your Instagram or something like that. If you get me to stop, go, ha, Robbie would get this because we've been trail running together. I'm going to send him something. You're not only creating an instant, like joy for the viewer, you're also spreading that joy now to a relationship and, and keeping that relationship on. I can't imagine something that an artist would aspire to uh, more. And it sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your butt, <laughs> but I, I'm being honest like that. Like if, if half the people graduate from art school could stumble across something that brought joy to people and uh, actually spoke to them in a quick way, you know, give yourself some credit. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Um, we can wrap up now. I'll send you a, a blank sheet that you can sign for, for the year certificate of graduation from the school of uh, believe in the run. Yeah. No, it's funny. Like you just don't, you don't, um, yeah. You don't want to be pretentious or like, 
you know, I didn't go to art school. And I know there's a lot of people who didn't go to art school or great artists, you know, but um, yeah, you're just like, I don't know what this is. I'm just putting stuff out there and hopefully people like it. Uh, I don't know what to call it. So, you know, if they like it, they like it. And yeah, I don't know. I just tell my dad, it just beats working. That's like, yeah. I mean, you're selling prints to yeah. Robbie over here. So you're, yeah. Also, yeah. you're also getting paid for your artwork. So. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned <laughs> yeah. before we hit record that I have your elements of adventure or the periodic table of elements of adventure on my uh, basement in my basement gear room. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, that was like one of my favorite things that I've seen you do. And so I thought it was a cool print. It's basically like all the elements are like different little things and sections aligning with um, like different outdoor sports and things like yeah. that or weather or whatever. It's really cool. Do you have a certain process or you just write, things down when they strike you as funny or do you have like, Hey, I got to sit down and, and actually, you know, like a, like con com yeah. comedian sit down and try to write bits. Is it more that process or you just remember when something's funny and you're like, Hey, I'll sketch something up. Yeah. Often it's like, um, you just out for a walk with your dog and then you're like, Oh, you know, it'd be funny. So I usually just type things into my phone and, a lot of times when I go on long runs, I just have my phone and my vest uh, to take photos or whatever. And then I'll pull it out. I'll stop and pull it out and type something in. And oftentimes those ideas are good. And oftentimes they're, I'm like, what? this was a terrible <laughs> idea. I don't know why I thought this would be good. Um, That's my so, dream. My dreams in the middle of the night. I'm like, this is going to be brilliant. I'll write it down. <laughs> then look at it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you know, you never want to have the ones like in the middle of the night when you wake up and you're like, oh. You know, it'll be funny. I gotta. Oh yeah, I should remember that tomorrow. And then you know, you never do. Away. Yeah. But, what yeah. did I mean by water? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Occasionally, I get partway into something like creating it, and I'm like, "This is dumb. This is not gonna work." <laughs> um, so that's probably that's probably like one out of every ten times. But um, usually, you just have this kernel of some idea that's like, you know, it'd be funny this. Um, so and you know not everything is going to be funny to everybody. And I have a pretty small niche. And even within that, like my email, my Thursday email when my blog goes out to like 12 or 13,000 people every week and only like 40% of those people open it, you know, and I don't know how many people get to the end of it, you know, and <laughs> same thing with Instagram, you know, you have all these followers, but only six or 7% of people see it. Like, right. You know, so you don't know how far things are getting. You do have some sort of an idea of how they, if they resonate, like if people actually will comment or write you back or actually take the time to write you an email and say, hey, man, I thought this was really funny or this really made my day in some way. But yeah, you're just, I'm just like, in a way, I'm just still the kid who's in fourth grade, like lobbing jokes up in the back of the bus and like hoping somebody laughs at it. And if not, you just kind of like, okay, next, next time, you know. Now, a lot of people like to think they're funny. And, uh, you know, you yeah. know, you, you probably, I'm wondering how often do you get people sending you, Hey, here's a good idea for one for you. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> that you politely decline, but. Probably once, uh, once, uh, every couple of weeks or a month, okay, not, me. it'll be through Instagram. Has there ever been and one that you're like, them. that's gold. <laughs> I, you know, I did one once and it was this guy who was like, it was like walk something about walking in ski boots going uphill and going down. It was really funny. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to 
I will use that and I'll tag you in it. And it's like, yeah, cool, whatever. But then I realized like, this is not cool. Cause what if somebody's like, Hey, will you put this on a t-shirt or yeah, a coffee yeah. mug? Then I can't be like, well, that was, that was Jeff's idea. So what do I give Jeff like half of the money or, you know, so it, it gets yeah. into this. Screw Jeff. The guy who sent me <laughs> well, I'm going to yeah. uh, delete that draft I had written. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's also people are, I'm like, I don't really, I didn't invent drawing stupid charts. Like anybody can literally do this. It's like get a cocktail napkin and drew, do it. It's not like my stuff is professional. I'm like, you should just draw that and put it on Instagram, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know um, why, people but do do that. Then diagrams always get me. Yeah. I like this. Ben, yeah, ben, yeah. That, that's a good expression like a very simple way to just have uh two there's two ideas that will well be i think I, th I think the reason they get me like is because you have to think about it for a second yeah like, they, oh okay yeah it's yeah, a little bit more in depth I guess, yeah. Yeah, but yeah so you've got those and now i mean more importantly your book you hate running and i can too or I guess I hate running that's the way I, yeah. I I would read it. You know how it's going. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the book and, you know, what am I going to get when I get this book? Um, it's super short read. It's like 12,000 words, 11,000 words. Um, but it's, um, it's just about our weird relationship with running. And I guess I wrote it um, primarily for people who don't think they can be a runner or run long distances. Um. And also, I also want to appeal to people who've been running for a long time, who are the weird person at their office or <laughs> in their family, um, to be able to read it and be like, yes, this is me, you know, this chapter or this little chart on page 65 or whatever. Um, so it deals with like procrastination and how fast you should be going. And like, it's designed to me to be like, here's some things I learned by running a shit ton of miles. Um, here's why you can do it too. And one of the things at the beginning of the book is a chart about irrational distances. And it's like, if you can run one mile, running three miles probably seems very irrational to you. If you can run three miles, running 10 miles probably seems very irrational, all the way up to like 200 miles, because that's how you run the, you know, quite a few ultra marathons. And that's how you kind of work your way up. You're like, oh my God, 30, 31 almost killed me how will I ever do 50? And then you kind of do, and then, and then you're like, okay, what about a hundred? Um, and they become rational as you do them. But I kind of said like, you know, it's like 2021 running further than you have to, to like catch a bus or escape a predator is really pretty ridiculous. You know, it's all <laughs> irrational. Like, you know, why are we, you know, like, why do we need to do this? And of course there are benefits other than, you know, yeah. There are benefits to running, but, but it, is, it is sort of ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's, it's purely for pleasure at this point. Or, well, also, I feel like pain. <laughs> it, it, you know, the, the boom in, in ultra running has really taken off in the last few years. Like, I, I remember when we first, I did it, my first 50K, there was only a handful of people doing ultras. And, like, people were like, whoa, what was that like? Now, like, you do a 50K and they're like, like yeah, yeah, Saturday. Um, you know, well, in, now it's... Then I did my 50 mile and now I'm like, I, I don't, I don't yet have the desire to do a hundred miler. Like I kind of said to myself, well, I know that I can do that. And like you said, when you rationalize up, well, if I could do that, then I could do this. But I'm like, do I want to? I don't know. I mean, I think it's like, for me, I'm not fast. So it takes me so much longer <laughs> to like, you know, people are like, oh, when the sun comes up, it's so hopeful, you know? 
weeks. You're almost done. I'm like, not me, motherfucker. I got like 10 more hours, you know, and like, and it's awful. You're like, oh God, how is it only, how am I only at mile 70 right now? And, and the sun goes and down. Last, like, it's like a time travel thing. The last 30 miles, you're like, how have we not gone, you know, how have we only gone 10 miles in like three hours? What happened? They're like, well, the you asked, they asked you if you wanted pancakes and you sat down and then it was like 20 minutes later. I'm like, let's go. Let's get, you know, Holy cow. so it becomes a whole another like sleep deprivation level uh, for me. And I think like hundred K is awesome. It's like right at the mm. end of like, okay, that's like a, that's a big effort for me, but I can also sit down eat a pizza and go to bed while it's still dark. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, hundred think- is insanity for me. So is do you have a favorite uh I guess the distance and or event race that you've done? Um Yeah, and I mean I've only done 100k that was a an actual race. I did one is 65 miles just by myself last year um just for just for fun. I uh, made up my own course around the mountains here and that's probably one of my favorite running things I've ever done. It was sort of like the ability to do it without aid stations or really actually even seeing another human being for like 14 hours. Well, did you, hours. so you carried everything on your back? Yeah. And, um, I have a, you know, a filter water bottle. Um, and, but there wasn't, I wasn't able to access water for the last 30 miles, which thankfully oh, wow. is October here in Montana. And it was pretty, Still. pretty cool. And I, yeah, no. And I'm like, at that point, it was 14,000 feet of elevation gain during the entire thing. And I had in my head optimistically told my wife, like, I should be home by like, I don't know, 10, maybe. And like, it was like 1030. And I was like at the summit of the fourth out of five peaks. And I was like, got cell phone service after running in the dark for a long time. And I was like, Hey, it's going to be more like two, (laughs) one or two in the wind. It was took me a really long time but it was just like a culmination of like being able to travel that far and knowing how to sort of pace yourself and also like knowing how many calories can I fit in a in a running vest and like how many times will I need to stop for water where is the last water it was sort of um like I've I've done a lot of stuff in the outdoors mountaineering you know uh, backcountry skiing rock climbing over the last couple decades and it was like all those things coming together. Like, I know I can actually do this by myself. You know, it wasn't like, and I knew how to safely do it and I knew where I could bail out if I needed to and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I tried to drive in to like basically cash some water. Um, I think I would have had about 20 miles left. So I would have had like, I would basically have a bear canister with uh, a gallon of water and some food in it. And the road is closed and I was like, ah, hell with it. I'll just tough it out. And <laughs> it was fine. You know? Yeah. So was it, um, was it gratifying that you were able to complete that under your own power without the support or was it gratifying just because you're like, Hey, this is just a silly thing to do with no, like, cause people like are going to go and sign up for a race. They're like, okay, there's an organization, there's people there to support you. And, and I think it's that extra bit of craziness to be like, you know, what? I'm just going to go do it on my own. Yeah. Well, and like last year we weren't doing races, um, but man, do I love running around in the woods and being like, Hey, in five miles, there's going to be another person trying to give me chips Ahoy cookies. I'm like, hell yes. I love that. That's like the greatest thing ever, you know, like, um, but yeah, to be able to do something like that, 
the the motivation was to actually just put the route together to put it like out there for other people to do and someone who is much faster than me will hopefully do it this year instead of set a record i have the fastest known time but it's (laughs) nice Uh, but i'm like i just like i know people there's probably somebody who lives within five blocks of me here can smoke that time which is fine it's great i would love it i would love it if it became a thing for people to do um and i have ideas to like how to do it better or how to make it easier on that that person um yeah i run into a guy in the the bike path sometimes and he's like i think i might try that this fall great man i'll tell you what you got to go in and catch water like or have your wife wait for you and like just meet her and have her have some water you know and food <laughs> the car especially and, the last know. 30 miles uh, <laughs> you should make yeah, you should yeah. make your fkt like have an asterisk be like unsupported fkt without water in the last 30 miles that has to be like part of yeah. it <laughs> It's it's all all of that's actually on the FKT site. I wrote sort of an nice. elaborate uh, description of it. I'm like, look, if you're gonna do this, you should do. <laughs> all right, I'm back. Second check in. Hope you're relaxed and feeling this run. Uh, if you didn't shake out your hands before, shake them out now. Maybe just check in with yourself. Just feel how the pace is feeling in your legs. Instead of looking down at your feet, look up at the horizon and just try to cruise. Maybe. Feel like dialing up that effort just a little bit, picking up the pace. Give it a shot. Um, I did want to talk about how you know, obviously, there weren't races last year for the most part, and you did a self supported FKT attempt kind of as a race. And in 2018, you ran 52 marathons in 52 weeks, mostly uh the marathon distance as opposed to actual races, although you did a few of those. And I know when you did that, you kind of talked about how some people would challenge the idea that you actually did 52 marathons because they weren't technically races. I feel like now because of COVID, nobody would care about that because everybody was doing virtual races (laughs) last year and they're like, yeah, it counts. It was a virtual race. It was (laughs) 26.2. Yeah. Well, and also like, the, the big asterisk is I was telling a friend I was going to do it and I was like well I'm signed up for this 100 mile race and I'm thinking that only counts as one marathon and he goes no 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 that's three marathons just and I was like okay so I'll start and stop my watch and I think that counts. I mean a large I give it yeah yeah I mean so whatever and people you know people do 52 races you know 52 marathon races in a year and i thought that's like that's awesome and they usually do it to raise money for yeah. a good cause which is also awesome people who have a lot of money was, yeah yeah, yeah i mean sure. if you just um, average a hundred bucks a race yeah yes no for sure if not not including the travel yeah <laughs> and i just thought like doing that is really unattainable for most people and um but literally anybody could probably run 20 or 52 marathons in a year if they just leave their house and run them you know like uh, it gets boring as hell but um but yeah so i a large part of my job i think is accounting for the response from that one white guy on the internet who's gonna talk some shit and of course they're that's just what they do Um, so and i see it on my a lot of stuff so i'm like well just just let me get in front of your criticism here and i'm gonna just go ahead and say this for you so you don't have to like so then when they do say that, and you're like, I said that already. You <laughs> exactly. Um, you're like, you can't do that. Shut up. <laughs> which I, I thought about this. I actually had this written down as a question to ask, which was, how do you deal with negativity? And I think you kind of just answered it because 
as a someone who does cre- something creative, you're always going to have an asshole who comments something on it. Like, oh, I, yeah, I've seen that somewhere else. I do like, like that we are assuming that it, it is a white male. <laughs> you always know it is. <laughs> um, but, Honestly, like. 90% of it is. Yeah, no. Yeah. Rarely really get women. Tro- yeah. trolled by women. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. It's when they always, don't, they it's don't always that guy. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. But I did wonder how you dealt with the negativity, either, especially as someone who's creative or an author or whatever. And just, well, you're you know, putting yourself out there. Yeah. Anyone who's putting themselves out there. Yeah. Well, I, I, I spend way more time thinking about it than I probably should, you know, like, I think when you talk about really great artists who have an impact, they just don't care at some point, you know, um, like how much time does Kanye think about people? That dude, don't like probably zero. I don't know. He, it could be exactly. overwhelming or it him. could be the opposite. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's having all this yeah, like, yeah, maybe a bad example. Or let's say like Prince, you know, or something how about like Donald that. Trump? I don't um, think Donald Trump. Oh, he definitely <laughs> doesn't. I wouldn't know that he, I would yeah, put him in a creative bucket. Uh, I um, think he's creative. Yeah. <laughs> Comes up with some crazy yeah. stuff. But I tend to err on the side of, like, I'm not naturally a positive person, but I've found that putting negative things out there tends to draw more negative responses. So if I were to just write about, like just um shitting on um uh, you know a race director or something like that or uh, a pair of shoes or whatever then there would be an opportunity to, or the way people act doing such and such thing or such and such political view or whatever i think you're just going to get that back you know yeah. and i think largely by being mostly positive you don't tend to get that stuff and also as a friend of mine pointed out I'm a guy, if, if I was a woman, I would get so much more negative feedback because as we've you know, discussed, most of the negative shit is from men on the internet. Um, so they direct less of it at me. That said, I like, yeah, will occasionally, um, I block people on Instagram for almost no reason sometimes. If they're just like, I'm just like, I don't need this negativity. <laughs> if yeah, you like read the their comment, politics in yeah. the comments. Yeah. Yeah, now they're like, I'm like, you know what, man, you should think about this more before you do this. You know, well, some people just I know whatever. Yeah, like as doing YouTube and Instagram on our side, it's like some people are just like looking for any opening to just throw I, something I, in I there. Especially it's like their job. It's, it's gotten it's gotten worse as as the culture has become less like like open yeah it's just like well polarized everyone's just polarized so it's like is someone and everyone just like wants to be angry it's like fast food for us or for people in general direct their anger i guess want to throw jabs in there and yeah but you did bring up something because we do sometimes shit on shoes so uh what's your favorite shoe i'm pretty agnostic at this point i like um i love hoka's um that said, somebody sent me some free Brooks shoes. So I've been running Brooks Cascadia oh, wow. this morning. They're great. Um, but yeah, I, used, I was wearing like uh, Hoka uh, Speed Goats for four years. Yeah, I love them. I'm like totally, I'm totally a slow moving, cushy shoe. Like I love those things. Um, you, you, keep, you keep everything. You keep saying slow. Like it's yeah. it's obviously relative uh, to 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 runners. Are you are you do you think about pace and speed a lot or do you like, is it seems like distance is really your goal, not so much winning the 1500. 
Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say slow. I should say I do not focus on speed. And I like like the run I did this morning is two miles, but then it hits a trail that gains like 680 feet in two thirds of a mile. So you can't really be like, what's my pace? You just, yeah. I'm just like, I'm having, I'm having a near death experience. Here. <laughs> you know, like my, my goal is literally to make it to the top of the trail without walking. Um, and that's like, it takes me almost 10 minutes and like, it's fairly crowded with people hiking. So it's the most popular trail in town. And so like people are getting out of my way because they hear me breathing. Like, like, <laughs> Like, oh my God, step away. This man's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> we have a die, um, dying guy behind us. Yeah, exactly. So the goal, yeah, the goal there is just to keep running and then I make it there. And then, and then like I, I run across the top of the <clears throat> mountain or whatever. And I looked down at my watch and I was like, geez, you, you're doing like a 1030 mile here. You should probably pick it up. So I just kind of got lost and thought, and was just like, this is great, man. You know, like I was watching the paraglider and I'm like, like what a beautiful day! I'm glad it's not hot yet. It's so good I got out here before it got really hot. So like, you enjoy, you might want to pick it up. You actually enjoy yeah. running. <laughs> uh yeah. After after a certain time period, you know, like 50 minutes usually is about when it starts to be fun. So, I think trail running in general uh, yeah, is so like hard it. to put a pace on. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's weird, to, <clears throat> I guess people maybe do it a little bit now, but I feel like caring about a pace when trail running is like the most pointless endeavor. Unless you're racing, you're Max King. Right. Or, or you know, Jim Walmsley. Yeah. You know, but the, um, yeah, for me, it's like, you can't even compare. Like Thomas if is, I say, Thomas is actually dying. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even compare a, a 13 mile race on a trail to a road. Yeah. Oh, and like that stuff is like being fast is probably, <clears throat> it's just not, not that interesting for me i'm more of like a tourist i want to go see stuff and even when i run marathons in cities i'm like kind of just like this is just such a great way to see the city with all the streets shut down and like all these people out and like i did the new york city marathon that year in 2019 when i did all those marathons and i had a blast i think we didn't even i think we were like we like stopped and saw our spouses met us at two, three different points along the route. And then my editor who edited my book and publicist met us at one point along the route. And like people were handing out Halloween candy all the way. I was just like, this is great. And sure, we were like running, but I'm like, I don't really care. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like oh my God, Sid, we have to speed up. We want to be like 36,597, not <laughs> 37,000, you know, like. That's hilarious. So, uh, Set that the yeah, New York was one of my least favorite ones because I did try to run it uh, fast at the time. And I don't know why, just, you know, I, I grew up near New York uh, for part of my life and I thought it was flatter for some reason because I didn't really, you didn't, I didn't really walk the bridges that often when I was living there. And the bridges really did throw a monkey wrench in my, my uh, plan for that day. Yeah. Like, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> right away too, you yeah. know over to the Verrazano Narrows Bridge you're like oh after, my god yeah after sitting don't... in the cold grass for <laughs> like three hours that is it's like the worst music festival you've ever been to <laughs> sad music festival. it's like it's like all these people wearing like thrift store clothes that they're literally gonna donate right back and like if no one you know and we're just all like freezing and like eating free bananas and like it's just awful D- wearing so Dunkin Donuts hats <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Everybody gets a free Dunkin' Donuts hat, so that's a sea of 
I know. And like some of that stuff is, I was just like, these are literally all going in the trash. Like, why don't you just, you know, yeah. I can't believe that you guys are actually taking these from people. But yeah, I had, um, I got in through a friend of a friend. So I got like sort of a press badge. So I had like, um, upscale. I waited with my buddy who, yeah, well, you, you had access to these, these nice things that I didn't take advantage of. And then I was like, man, there's like secret, like, bathroom like porta potties for like i don't know the high rollers whatever the tent is called and we walk in there's this heated tent and i'm like oh my god this is so great <laughs> and there's there's no lines at the porta potties and there's like toilet paper in the porta potties like oh this <laughs> it's is a different experience <laughs> yeah and i came back out and gave my number to my buddy i'm like you still you haven't pooped yet right and he's like oh no I'm, i really i'm worried and i'm like you should go in there it'd be great you get warmed up and massage chairs <laughs> Yeah, it was, but it was like, it was like just, uh, it was the, the haves and the have nots for sure. You're like, oh my God, this is how the other half lives. Yeah, and then you go <laughs> up a level to the RVs and stuff. Oh, they have that? Yeah, like there's buses oh, for the like tour buses, for, like, basically. Really elite people. Yeah, like if you're a stud, you're coming off a, like a bus, like walking to the start line, not doing the, wow. uh, not doing the waiting in the grass. Final check in. Can you believe? You're almost done with this run and think about it. You got all this entertaining information. You got Robbie and me interviewing Brandon Leonard. You got all our chit chat, You got all that stuff. And now you're done with your run. I say, man, sprint this finish. Maybe do some striders when you're done, you know, 12 second striders keeps that form good. Gets that turnover going. Give it a shot. See you next week. So, one of the other things now, obviously at that time you ran the marathon distance for 52 marathons, 52 weeks, but you also are pretty into ultra marathons. And I know, I think the first way I found out about you was through your REI YouTube video or like documentary oh, yeah. that's on YouTube, which is how to run a hundred miles. And, uh, yeah. and I know a little bit earlier you talked about how like expanding your mind during distances. Like if you can run three, 10 miles, seems like a lot. Um, what was that like for you to kind of get to that hundred mile distance? I know it's detailed a lot in the video, but just for people listening to the podcast, how, you know, you went from being, I guess, a normal runner. Like, I'm not sure how many marathons you ran before that. And then going to a hundred miler. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't even going to try to do, I had run one road marathon in 2006 and I hated it. And I was like, okay, that's awful. Um, <laughs> and I didn't do anything for like literally nine years. So just like occasionally trail run with friends. And, um, but yeah, the, my friend, as I said in the film, he was, he's like, I think I'm finally going to do one of these ultra marathons. There's a 50 K I'm going to train for it. And I was like, that's cool. I don't, you know, whatever I'm not doing it and he had this I think he did like a 22 or 24 mile training run he was talking about how awful it was and it really sold me I was like man that sounds great you ran <laughs> out of water it's super hot you like thought you were gonna die you know I'm like this, this is right up my alley so I just went out the next morning after having pizza with him and that night before I went out the next morning and ran 10 miles just like I'm just gonna see if I can see how it feels because I had a lot of long days in the mountains where it was like a 14 hour day or whatever, where it would be hike in with a backpack full of climbing gear, do a climb, you know, 
come down, hike back out where it would be, it's not 31 miles, but it was a long, long day of being on your feet all day. And I thought, well, how different can it be? And it was, you know, it's different in different ways, but I was like, I knew I could handle the monotony and just like keeping moving. Um, so 31 is, you know, it's like five miles past a marathon and it's a lot, but it's not that much. Um, 50 was extremely challenging for me. Um, I feel like basically every run I do in my life, the, the last 20% of it is awful. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. I just hate it, you know, <laughs> like a 5k, and it, and no matter get, the distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, oh, I don't want to finish this. There's a donut shop right there. Why don't I just stop? Um, but, uh, yeah, a hundred, you don't like, there's no way to know what happens. And for all these races, really, you know, you're like, to train for a 50, your longest training run is probably 30 miles or something like that. So you're like, okay, I have successfully completed 30 or 31 miles, but what happens in those final 19 miles? And it's, you know, you kind of have an idea, but you don't know. And then when you train for a hundred, maybe you run 62 miles as a training run, you know, like that's your longest training run, but you have no idea what happens after that. And like to not know, it just, it just, feels like it keeps getting longer at the end you know near the end and um the only thing I knew was that we had to make a film about it and it was the biggest film budget I've ever dealt with um and it was a film about my buddy but it also became a film about our friendship so there's two of us in the film and we had talked about this I'm like man somebody has to finish this race at least one of us you know out of the two of us (laughs) And the film is about you and how you've used persistence throughout your life. So theoretically, I can bail. I can like drop. It's no big deal, but <laughs> nice. you have to finish it. You know, and if you don't, I do. You know, like so one of us has to finish, but obviously both of us want to. Um, but you you just have all these um, you know, you're doing it for some reason, you know, and I think a lot of people the reasons are way different besides making a film out of it, but nobody wants to go see a film where it's like this friend of mine it's just persistence is like in positivity is his whole life and then like yeah we got to mile 70 and our feet hurt so we quit um <laughs> that wouldn't make a very good film right so yeah, actually, yeah. but i think that could be more interesting than if he was all nonchalant i'm gonna run it and he does and you're like okay great <laughs> yeah but you see if you stand at one of those finish lines you see people's reasons for it you know like their kids or their family or they're doing it in memory of somebody who had you know died of cancer or whatever it is you know any race um so the reasons to do it have to be strong enough to get you through to the that those hours and hours of monotony and awfulness where you just feel like you're gonna die and like your stomach is rebelling and your feet hurt and you know you're chafing or whatever um so yeah i think um at a certain point as a polite Midwesterner, I like, I just get, I'm like, Oh God, I could just quit right now. I could just literally lay down and they would find somebody to take me back to the starting line. And that would be it. And this pain would be over. But then I think, ah, my wife is here. She gave up her whole weekend to like crew for me. And all my parents showed up and my buddy came to pace me and like, I should just, finish it for them you know so you, so you become this like this boat that's basically rode by the emotions of people or the uh you know the things that people did to help you and you're like i can't let all these people down i could just finish it's fine you know um but yeah i've done 300 and uh i gotta say i don't know if i'd do another one at this point in my life um i could probably get motivated into it and maybe things will be different next year or whatever but i'm like i don't know 
60 is pretty awesome. So <laughs> 60 is pretty fun. Like, 100K. That's a huge challenge for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you so, still get to use the 100. Um, you still get to use the 100 yeah. number. Maybe people and won't notice most, the K or the miles. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> most Americans can't tell the difference between that a is K and a, and a mile. So I'm calling it a mile. <laughs> yeah. No. And like, we're in such a niche of a niche, too. It's like, people don't care like 50 miles is bananas to people you know like well, I, I was, in the ultra marathon world i was telling like 100 miles is, okay, yeah oh sorry yeah i was telling thomas the other day i saw chad ochocinco tweet something that was like he basically tweeted do you think it's possible for someone to run under five minutes for three miles and <laughs> there was one of one of the like fast like track runners or something responded by like that's basically like an easy run um and and then the comments on twitter were like people's like someone commented about elliot kipchoge and they posted his stats like this guy did it for like a 438 for 26 miles people's minds were like blown like they had no idea that elliot kipchoge like even did it and it like a lot of and talk about niche like i think everybody knows who elliot kipchoge is we're we are on the phone the other day with a, a like someone from a company from a company that was, that's in the endurance space, and we have had Ilya Kipchoge on the podcast name drop. Um, <laughs> the and I she didn't know who he was, but just no concept. And I'm it's, I'm just like that blows our minds. Like I know Michael Jordan. I, you know we can go down a list of athletes that I don't follow the sport so closely, but I know they're fantastic. You know, I'd even say Serena Williams. I, I probably have never watched anything about highlights of, of her things, but I know she's the best female tennis player mm -hmm. in history. Is it Venus or Serena that's the best? Serena's the best. Okay. See, I'm, well, the Venus I'm is, in the, They're the best doubles team I'm in, in there. history. Yeah. And then, you know, but like, I would think that people would be like, this guy broke the fastest marathon. Like human running. And yeah, no, don't know who he is. Yeah. You know, the other thing I think about running is that when you're like, if I'm on a plane and somebody sitting next to me says, so what are you into? Or do you like, if they said, do you like sports? I'd be like, yeah, I like sports. And they would be like, what do you like basketball, football? I'd be like, oh no, I, I like, I do sports, you know, <laughs> but it's like this weird question where you're either most of the time after you turn 18 or 22 or whatever, you're just a spectator you're and a fan, your yeah. love for sports is is watching other people play sports. And That's I don't true. personally have that as much. And uh, running is, it's a little bit of a mix. I know who a few, like a few people are, and there's a few people at the top who are pretty inspiring too. But I think all the time about this, my buddy was, um, he was a PR guy for Colorado ski industry for just like a couple of years. And I was at a trade show. I went, popped in to see him and I was like, how you doing? And he's like, man, this is weird. Like that lady over there is like an Olympic gold medalist or something. And this guy's like X Games champion or something. I don't know who these people are. I'm supposed to know who they are. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess so. And he goes, I just want to say, I like skiing because I like skiing, not because you're good at it. <laughs> I'm like, man, that is deep, you know? So there's there's a certain level of fandom that's like, you know, I think is, is like I get to, but I'm also like, I don't, yeah, you're like, uh, no, I'm just, I'm in it for the like 30, 40 miles a week that I go do myself and my <laughs> other goals. But you do sometimes have to look at the really high achieving people to see like, 
you can get inspired by the things they're doing. Like humanly um, possible. Like I like when, yeah. I, when we look at uh, people like Courtney DeWalter, who who did who can kick ass at a at a hundred mile race, and you look at her and you're like, physically, I mean, it's hard to tell because when she's wearing the baggy clothes, <laughs> but physically, it, she's not a different animal than me. You're just like. You're just like if you just saw her just like on the street. Yeah, or, she's a human being. You're like, well, yeah, she's that's not it. like like you see some football players and you're like, that's a different species. Like that guy yeah. is yeah. S- like straps of muscle and you're like, six foot seven. And you're like, there's no, I can't do what he can do. I can't do what Courtney can do, but right. she looks close enough to me that I would see her at a supermarket and be like, yeah, I run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you run? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I ran with her in the um, the run rabbit run in our race that we did for the hundred mile race. We ran with her for about like four feet, I think. So <laughs> it was um, a great four she, feet, wasn't it? They start the elite runners like a couple. I want to say a couple hours after the like the normal folks, and she just blasted by <laughs> us going downhill. And I was like, oh, I don't even. I didn't know who she was at the time. And I was like, oh, okay, that was that was it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you're like. But it's cool because you can line up. You're like yeah. literally standing on the same starting line. I mean, I just start in the back. I'm not like going to stand up front and just block people. No, but, but your your you footsteps are, yeah, are in the same place. You're on the same playing field. Yeah, we talk about this all yeah. the time. Yeah, and it is that is I think one of the most amazing things about the sport. Whether whether you're doing it for yourself and you really don't care about the the pros or the other people that are in there, or you really do. The fact of the matter is you can't go to a Sunday football game and be like, I'm just going to toss football around for a little bit. I know I'm not going to score any touchdowns, but let me just share the field with you. Yeah, I'm just going to jump one here. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be in there no. either. Like you, like running, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? People are going to get a little mad and pass you, but like you don't want to be in a football. You don't want to be in the middle of an NFL football game. No. Like death is a real thing. Like you could actually die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the uh, There was a guy... Uh, there was a, speaking of like awful YouTube comments, some, some guy like commented on a, our video, like, this is just like a month ago. And he was like, you guys look, you didn't run the whole thing. I just want to say that in my book, you, I just want to say that. Brands. And, I, and I was like, okay, okay, Dave. <laughs> and I was like, have you, did you see the first three miles of this race? Literally fucking no one runs it. Like the winner, like the course record holder of all time did not run all hundred miles of this. Yeah. Like, it's, it's insane. But people, so I think about that too. And that makes me, that gives me solace too, where I'm like, Killian Jornet would walk this hill. <laughs> okay. You know, Take like, that Killian. <laughs> yeah. Like it's good. You know, he would, he would finish, you know, a good 10, 12 hours ahead of me, but he would walk this part for sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, not that I could keep up with him walking either, but. Um, and well, I yeah. I mean, he did kind of do that, that giant hill over in uh, the Pikes in, Peak. No, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm being downplaying. Oh, because, you're, oh, you're joking that hill over in the Himalayas. I think it's called the Everest <laughs> or something. Fastest no time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that that he is spectacular. Like he is another person. I say is a different kind of animal. Like they, I mean, once in a lifetime we have somebody come along who can maneuver and sport the way that that someone like he can. It's just insane. Yeah, he did a. There's a Solomon Solomon ski or Solomon TV video about him doing this like massive ski traverse around where he lives in Norway and they listed some stats at the end of it. And it was impressive. 
So it was really impressive as he drank like a liter and a half of water the whole time what? in like 36 hours. I was like, what? Dude, How did this guy do that? Like, different. surely that's wrong. He probably yeah, doesn't even produce lactic acid. Do you, you know what's crazy is that, so he came and tried to do that FKT attempt, I think on the track or whatever for like uh, a world record in the Pulsar. It's like part of the promotion. It's basically like Solomon's equivalent of the Kipchoge thing. But I think because he runs just alpine terrain so much, his body just doesn't know how to run flat ground. So he was struggling with like a lot, like he's never been injured, you know, really. And they broke him by making it easy. by making him do normal <laughs> things like <laughs> flat things. straight line on flat ground. Yeah. And he, he had like some yeah. knee issues and other issues. And then during the race, like he kind of uh, fell apart or whatever. I'm not sure what happened, but he, he's so used to running insane terrain that, that was that was the thing yeah i think christopher mcdougall who wrote born to run i think a long time and maybe he says it in the book too but i listened to an interview with him not super long ago that was an old interview but he was saying like you know people that i paid attention to while writing that book who did not get injured very often like i did were running mostly trails um mm. and i think about that a lot i'm like man yeah i wonder if it's the repetitive um, motions of running, running I, the road. And I like, will tell you uh, one of my, I, 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 one of my ultra moments of champions. I would like to, if I had a shelf of, of great moments in the ultras I've run is I was running a 50 K that Christopher McDougall was in and he was, wearing, oh, yeah. he was wearing those sandals that you have like basically laces that like the Hirachis. Yeah. The tie. And at one point, it's double loops. Yeah. I think I was already ahead of him. Wait, he that. really wore sandals in that race? I was already ahead of him. And then I looped and I was coming around and he was on the side trying to fix his shoe because this, the, the, the lace or whatever had broken. So like people were taking their laces out of their running shoe to give to him. And I'm like, ha ha, shoes work. Shoes for the win. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. But in my mind, I it's said. It's funny, people. Shoes. <laughs> I definitely saw a guy in the um, Bighorn 100 when I did that a couple of years ago who had sandals and he had an extra pair like strapped to his, uh, the back of his vest. And I was like, I wasn't sure if there, I didn't ask, but I wasn't sure if he had like different treads or, or whatever. And I don't know that stuff, that race sucks so much like in shoes. I can't imagine like, mm. I'm kind of looking for all the, the advantages I can have close toed great man I'm, <laughs> exactly I'm dude imagine slamming your toe off a rock and sandals oh man yeah so what do you got uh coming up as far as running goals or writing goals or anything like that um yeah there's a couple I have a couple races I'm signed up for the rut here in Montana um it's I've never done it but it's like it's a 50k I signed up for the 50k and it's 10,500 feet of elevation gain in the 50k so it's going to be like it'll be the steepest yeah that's a lot. that might be the steepest day day i've ever had so i'm kind of figuring out how to do that and um i think i am going to get into the new york marathon this year so um and then i might do there's a race called the mines of spain 100 100 in uh in iowa actually you just said October. you weren't going to do 100 again <laughs> and it's already on the calendar it's a I'm doing the hundred K. Hundred K. See, you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I was just, you know, yeah. journalistic integrity. <laughs> for sure. For sure. No, it's like they do a hundred 
mile in 100k and it's, it's loops from the course but okay. I, I grew up in iowa you're so gonna do the short you're gonna do the short one <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's great uh although i think they they had wood-fired pizza on the second day at the finish line so like mm. i think maybe that's like if i go back to get my drop bag i'll get pizza but if i if you do the 100 mile you get the, the wood-fired pizza and that's See, and Ooh, that's, that's how like I got suckered sell. into the, the first 50 mile. I went to one of those North Face challenges and I ran the marathon. And they're like, if you ran the marathon or maybe, yeah, so I think I, I, the marathon, the 50K. 50K. And when you did that, like you didn't feel as cool as the dudes walking around with the 50 miler. And so I was kind of like, I would kind of, you know, you don't want to be doing the short race. And, and it blows my mind though. You know, he's going to be in a race where you're running 60 miles or you're running 100 miles. And one of those is the short one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, it's, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could do it and then <clears throat> recover from 100 miles in time to run like the New York Marathon. Mm. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, I just want to be at the level of fitness where I can pull off 50 or 60 miles and then not be like completely destroyed for a month. How did you get your so that, spot? Kinda, how'd you get your spot into the New York City Marathon? I'm gonna raise money. Uh, oh, okay. For the American Cancer Society. Yeah. Nice. So is there um, a particular when you do American Cancer Society, it just goes to cancer research? Does it go to a specific cancer or do you choose? I guess. Yeah, they kind of reached out to me and um I was like, Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do it. I love New York. Um <clears throat> and I have a friend who he signed up. This will be his twelfth. Uh, oh, New wow. York City Marathon, and so we just run together. And he's like got his whole system wired. And uh, like, he's the inside. Did you get the heated tent again? Up, but, uh, that's a good question. I would think the um, American Cancer Society can pull off a heated tent. I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I learned a couple things the last time that I, I do a little differently. Uh, but yeah, no, it'll be. It's so awesome. Um, such a great way to see the city. I can't think of. The only better way is to be like if I could just ride a bike after people run through and it'd be such so much easier. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, my cool experience around. was so negative. Like I had lactic acid all the way through, like from mile sixteen. Like I was like tin manning it all the way down. I don't even remember this city. <laughs> I gotta go back and run it just to just to see the city. Oh man. Yeah. The I had like just such a magical moment under like an overpass at like I want to say, yeah, you come from the Bronx into Harlem, right? It was like right around there where these people were just blasting It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock and people were, and it was just like, the light was perfect. It was just this great, like, you know, fall New York day. We were like five or six miles from the end and like, this is perfect. This is incredible, you know? Oh, man. Um, and that There's might so be many right. like that. That might be the bridge I was talking about where I built up all the lactic acid. You kind of do a hard U-turn at the bottom. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. I think yeah. you're right. I don't that, know, but you yeah. just you describing so, that makes me like stoked for races again. Like that feeling yeah. the feeling when you hit those spots in races where like the crowd's perfect, the scenery's right. Oh man. Mm. Can't beat that. And that that crowd is relentless. Like I have I've never felt so buoyed by people in my life. And at certain times it like pushes in on you a little bit and you're like, wow, this is, this is tight. Like, you know, 
trying to get through here. But what I didn't think of is that it was like a week after Halloween. So people would have leftover like fun size Snickers bars. And there were at least, I think I grabbed Halloween candy from like five or six people. (laughs) Now you got Robbie interested in Robbie. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I was like, I didn't really bring that much food with me. I just had a water (laughs) bottle in my hand. I was like, this is awesome. I'm just going to keep smashing these Snickers bars. There is so much candy on the course. There's like so much candy that you got to be choosy about it. You're like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to go for that. What else you got? I don't want any more peanuts. Who's the idiot (laughs) handing out Necco wafers? (laughs) Hey. Yeah, I really do Milky Way. It's definitely <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn with the Neko wafers. Yeah, yeah. no, it some was kombucha. Yeah, it, it is fun. You know, like if you want to be cheered as an adult doing a sport, I feel like marathons are like totally your jam. You yeah, know? Like for sure. Other things, you just don't get the crowd. Nobody cares if you're at the park playing basketball. No. Yeah, Dave, way to go! You got this. Like, like, it, yeah, then that's, there, that's like the. We should do that. Would be a good skit for us is do cheering for sports that aren't running, but do it like you would for a runner. Yeah, like bring signs to like a pickup game. <laughs> yeah. that would We're be gonna awesome. steal that one. Thank you. Yeah, um, for like Tai Chi in the park. Tai Chi in the park. You we'll get a big head of the guy. <laughs> Air horn. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's kind of yeah we can start wrapping this up so a question we like to ask everyone or most people is favorite post-race meal or drink or both oh yeah i mean like what gets you when you're you're three miles out on a 60 60 mile run what is it that you're craving uh i always i always go with pizza but I had this, I did the, the Hellbender 100 in North Carolina mm-hmm. and it, I had gone to sleep after the race and had the sleep of the dead for like 13 hours or whatever, but we went to this biscuit place and I had the biscuit of my life at this place near where the race was. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it now. Um, We're going to need that name. It was so good. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it for you. It's a great race. Right. A, Any alcoholic beverages? Bigger. No, nah, I don't drink. Oh, okay. I haven't drank since 2002. So, right uh, when you started this, uh, is, right around the time you started, is that when you started running your website? Yeah. No, I went. To, like, I went. It's a whole. I wrote a book about it. Um, yeah. It's, it's been. Uh, is it called "I yeah, Hate I Drinking like and You Can Too"? <laughs> no, it's uh, I. It's called 60 Meters to Anywhere." It was. It's sort of about rehab and then finding rock climbing. Oh, wow. Uh, which kind of got me through that. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, it's. I thought I would have more money by this time in my life. All that money saved on beer and liquor, yeah. yeah. What actually happened? I don't know. Okay, well, great. That's no, awesome. yeah. Um, no, I, I, make, I make smoothies that my wife hates. Um, but, yeah. They're not, that's not what you're looking for here. Looking for <laughs> no, that's, the name of no, any, that's good. I mean, whatever you like to eat, whatever you like to drink is great. So when you get the, when you get the pizza, what are you thinking as far as toppings or what's your, what's your favorite kind? Oh man. I mean, ideally I would be getting deep dish like Chicago there deep you go. dish somewhere. Um, but that's not always possible depending where you are geographically. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I'm pretty. I'm also a vegetarian, so it's like whatever, whatever works, whatever's available. 
ideally they would have green olives and mushrooms and not raw mushrooms, but sauteed mushrooms. Mm. Um, yeah. Calabrian chili peppers, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, depending where you are, it's all, yeah, I love, one of my favorite parts about traveling to cities is finding different restaurants and like, if you're in a region of the U.S. that has great Mexican food, you obviously oh. can go get great Mexican food, you know? Yeah. Um, we were in Texas. We yeah, were in- we, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> we were, we did the, we lived about a mile from the start of the Colfax Marathon in Denver a couple years ago. And that was wonderful because we just literally fed the dog, walked to the start of the marathon, ran the marathon, you know, walked home, got the dog, took the dog to the deep dish pizza place. And like, like this is a great day. Like this is like, and I ran into a donut shop in the middle of the marathon to get an apple fritter. Oh, I was like, I'm starving. Yes. These people are like handing out like these <laughs> tiny bits of bananas. I'm not doing this. And I like was in and out of the donut shop in like literally uh, like 95 seconds or something like that. And I had this huge apple fritter. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need some of this. No. Okay. The last really good pizza that I had, I think that one that we got in Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah. was one of my favorite. I like a New York style, I like the flat, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And they, I, of all places, I would not think I would be able to get. A decent good. pizza, Colorado Springs would probably be high on that list. And the pizza was killer. Yeah. And obviously I forget the name of the place, but it was good. Yeah. I mean, you just can't yeah. go wrong with pizza, pizza, donuts. I mean, it's just good. Anyways. All right. All right. Yeah, it never, it never lets you down. Well, Brennan, it was awesome having you on the show for sure. Um, yeah. And we'll definitely put the, in the show notes, we're going to put, his Instagram handle and where you can pick up his books and uh, yeah. And probably where yeah, he starts his run in Montana. For sure. Oh yeah. And what's that? Where we, you, we probably won't do that. We'll, we'll make, his Strava. <laughs> make his Strava account to it. So you can stock him on the, on the trails <laughs> in Montana. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, thanks for coming on and good luck uh, in your next race, whether that's the mines of the New York city Minds of Spain, your city marathon, whatever you got coming up, Bighorn. Yeah, thanks. Um, right. Yeah, you too. We talked about what could have possibly tanked my marathon this this uh, past May. So I had ha- taken the inside tracker blood test before the marathon. Everything looked pretty good. And I took it afterwards trying to figure out maybe I did have a nutrient deficiency or something like that. And it turns out you know, with talking to um, Megan Featherston, uh, uh, we talked about the results and she's like, yeah, your levels really aren't anything that would be glaring to me that there would be something. That's why I kind of went towards maybe the vaccination thing mm. and how, how that made me feel. We actually ended up talking a, a bit about that. Um, so I listen to the fuel for the soul if you're interested in that. But the important thing was it was really handy to be able to go to inside track or get my blood tested before after the race and kind of like try to put the puzzle pieces together. Cause otherwise it's just guessing. And, uh, you know, it, it did show that I was a little bit lower on the, um, whatchamacallit, uh, B12s and D's and stuff. And so, a little bit low in iron as well. Yeah. And a little bit low in iron. And so I do need to watch this cause if you're not taking, if you don't have D apparently that's where you get into bone health trouble mm. and B is for energy, you know? And yeah. then, that iron getting oxygen in your blood, but they, they weren't at a, like she, she said they weren't red flags, but it was great to be able to use inside tracker. I highly recommend it. If 
people want to use Inside Tracker, you can go to believeintherun.com. Nope, you cannot. <laughs> you can't, and then search from there. <laughs> um, thing, you'll never find it. You'll never find it. <laughs> no, you can go to insidetracker.com forward slash believe, and you don't even have to enter in a code after that. All your purchases there will be 25% off. Meg, you did your blood work too. I did. How'd it turn out? Everything's pretty good. Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Um, I'm a shit show. Really? No. <laughs> Were they like more tobacco? It's a, you know, I was good on that. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I had B12, D, iron. Oh, you need everything? Did she yeah. recommend a multivitamin? Yeah. The B was low as crap. So got to get that picked up. That would explain your energy. Yeah. Level, yeah. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Take a B12, right? All right. All right. So out. check out Inside Tracker. Like we said, not believeintherun.com, insidetracker.com forward slash believe. Automatically save 25% off any purchases that you make there. And it helps the show out. So thank you. While we're on thank you, why don't we thank our producer, Nick Sanchez, and the listeners and anybody else. You, who do you want to thank, Robbie? Uh, what about Mr. Leonard? My wife's out of town, so for like four days, so I don't. I should give like an anti thank to her. But All right. thanks for being married to me for nine years. We celebrated that yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Congratulations. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. So let's thank thank Nick Sanchez for producing this week. Thank our listeners, and if you could, you leave a review at either uh, Apple or can you leave reviews on Spotify? No, you can rate it. All right. So just rate it on Spotify, and then. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Tell a friend about it. That would be awesome. Otherwise, see us on Instagram. Check us out on YouTube or go to believeintherun.com for our reviews on all the running gear that we get. Mm-hmm.